Welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail. We're mixing up happiness, good life skills, and adding a dash of improv to help you live an awesome life. Please give it up for your breakthrough mixologist, Gary Ware. Welcome to another episode of Breakthrough Cocktail. I am your host, Gary Ware. Today on the show, we have Benny Sue. Benny is a blogger, he's an app developer, and all around great guy. And I'm happy to have him on the show today. Welcome to the show, Benny. Hey, Gary, what's up? How you doing, man? Fine, fine, fine. And it, won't, it wouldn't be a Breakthrough Cocktail podcast without finding out what our guests are drinking today. So, Benny, what are you drinking? What am I drinking right now? Yes. I have a tall glass of water. Awesome. And yes. as do I. <laughs> hey, there you go. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. I recently, I felt like I've been more dehydrated. So it's just been an effort to, to really take at least, I read that you should drink half of your weight in ounces in water mm-hmm. a day. And to be honest, that's a lot of water. So I'm yeah. gradually trying to increase that. And if I can drink about three of these, this is about 33 ounces a day, I will be happy. Yeah, I mean, water is my favorite drink. I mean, and, and living in Florida, it's a must, especially even now. It's, it's still pretty warm outside. We're in the beginning of October, and um, it's still warm outside. So water is a must, and I love it. So I, I don't mind at all. Yeah, exactly. So getting started, Benny, for the listeners who have, haven't um, heard about you, can you just give us a brief description of what you're doing and quickly talk about your blog? Sure. I um, I first run a blog over at getbusylivingblog.com, and it's a personal development type blog. It's, I started it almost three and a half years ago. Um, I started it because I I wanted to do something more creative, and blogging was something that has had always been on my mind. And so I wanted to start that because I, I've always been interested in personal development, trying to find out sort of the right buttons to push in my mind and the switches to turn on so I could perform at a higher level. And at that time in my life, it was a, a, a turning point in my life because I was going from hopefully <laughs> a job that I hated into a job that I love doing. So I wanted to start a blog and talk about personal development, but also sort of share my journey. And, and now these days what I do is I, I blog. I have a podcast, which is an extension of the, the blog. I have iPhone apps that I've developed. Um, I, I didn't develop them. I outsourced them. And I also do some internet marketing, I guess you can call it. These days I sell T-shirts and I um, advertise through Facebook. So uh, I've been doing that. That's sort of my full-time business right now, the T-shirts and the Facebook marketing. Awesome. And we're going to jump into that so our listeners can learn how you got into that and maybe be inspired to jump out and do it on their own. Cool. So getting started blogging, you had mentioned that you were at a point in your life where you were looking for something else. Uh, let's talk about that. Can you tell us what sort of mindset that you were in and how you went from, you know, how you just got started with the blog? Um, yeah, at that time I was in a, I mean, for me personally, I call it my lowest point in my life. I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't on drugs. I wasn't in debt. I wasn't getting out of jail or anything like that. But for me on the inside, it was the lowest point in my life because I was 32 and I felt like, I hadn't done anything with my life, really. Um, I had been in a job, family restaurant business, sort of help, helping to manage it for 10 plus years. It was a good job. I got paid well. I bought a house, had a nice BMW. So on the outside, life looked great. Um, but on the inside, I felt so empty and, and confused and just unfulfilled. 
So um, I, you know, I felt stuck in life because I didn't know what else I wanted to do, which was equally as frustrating. Um, so the, around the time I started my blog, I, I made a sort of a, a decision to take action, to finally do something instead of just wishing and dreaming and kind of just wasting my days when I wasn't working, just surfing the internet and watching TV. So I needed to, to finally do something because, again, I was, I was 32 and I knew, I mean, I'm wasting my life just by, by, you know, by doing this. So I, I started a blog to give me a creative outlet because um, at the job I was working at, at the restaurant, I wasn't creative at all. I was doing the same things every day. I was like a robot. So, um, so I realized that's what was one thing that was lacking in my life was just the ability to do something creative. And writing was something I wanted to do more of. I'm, I'm not the best writer. I wasn't really good in high school. But I, I enjoyed reading blogs, and I thought the idea of having a blog would be wonderful. So that's why I started um, Get Busy Living. Awesome. And you mentioned this was a creative outlet for you. Did you happen to have a process by which you decided the blog was it? And if so, can you just walk us through how you came to that decision? Yeah, it's it, I I've been interested in blogs ever since like the old AOL days. You know, when <laughs> yeah. you got the free CDs. I don't know if, if some of your listeners are too young; they may not remember. But I think you're laughing because you know. Yeah. yeah. So once once AOL came out, I was so fascinated with like creating websites and and, and having you know something on there. Um, so I've been following the online space for a while, and I came across blogs. And I think the first one I really remember was like Pro, ProBlogger.net, and reading about Darren Rouse and how he's making like six figures a year blogging. And and so I was like, man, that's amazing that he, someone can do that. Um, so I, I've been following it for a while. I started a sports blog actually, probably in the early 2000s, just for for fun and just because I love sports, and I just was using it as a way to sort of share my opinion about sports. So. Um, since that time in early 2000 until I started Get Busy Living, I've started a handful of blogs, but all really for the reasons of trying to make money online. It wasn't because I was really passionate about the topic. It was just, hey, maybe I can make money writing about this topic. So blogging has always been on my mind. Um, and, and when I decided I wanted to blog again, I, did, I made sure I did it because I wanted to do it on that topic. It wasn't well, how much money can I make from starting a personal development blog? It was more like, I'm really interested in this topic. I, I want to you know, talk about it. I want to research more about it. So this is a topic I'm really passionate about. And that's why I chose personal development. And that's why I really believe I'm still writing three and a half years later. If I chose something I wasn't really remotely interested in, I would have quit probably less than six months. And you bring up a good point. Blocking is not easy. For, no, it's not, yeah. For those who see... Sites like ProBlogger.net or is it .net? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's .net. Yeah. yeah. So. And Pat Flynn's smart, smart passive income. When you look at them now, you think, wow, that is so cool. I wish you can be up there. But they've been at it for years. Yeah. And I can only imagine in the beginning they had to keep pushing themselves. So if, if you go at it for the wrong reasons, it's probably, you're probably going to give up after a few months. Exactly. Yeah, because with any blog, really, and and I saw it for myself, there was you know at the beginning there were hardly any readers. You know, I was excited when I got my first comment. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, you know, that was gold to me. And then when I, once I got more, that was I was so excited to see people interacting with you know what I was writing about. But yeah, it was definitely a slow process. Um, it took a lot of time to build up readerships and and people who regularly came back to the blog. So it, it's a lot of work, but. Um, again, like you said, you have to really do it for the right reasons in order to stick with it. Gotcha. And get busy living. 
you know, why that title and why the topic of personal development? Um, Get Busy Living, um, it, maybe a lot of your listeners know, is from the movie Shawshank Redemption. Uh, you know, there's that famous line in there, Get Busy Living or Get Busy Dying. And I actually registered that domain, I think it was about two years before I started the blog. So I knew I wanted that, that domain. And actually, someone took GetBusyLiving.com, so that's why I had to add the blog at the end of it. Um, but at the time, I didn't know if I was going to make it a sort of personal um, blog or just make it about personal development. And then when I decided, well, I want to do something with it, I thought, well, my life's pretty boring, so I don't want to make it just a personal blog. Because at the time, again, I was, I was in a really bad place in my life. And um, I chose personal development because, again, I was trying to figure out how to be happier, how to be more successful, how to get unstuck in life. And so I was reading personal development books back then. But the problem was, was I wasn't doing anything these authors, these experts were saying. I was just reading it. Hopefully, you know, something would click in my mind and then I would change my life. But I was still interested in trying to figure out you know, how to you know, perform better, how to um, you know, change my mind in order to become more successful. So that's why I started Get Busy Living and wanted to talk more about personal development and self-help. Gotcha. And so you mentioned you're at your lowest point and you're right, from the outside, someone looking in, and <laughs> they would think that you're crazy. And I think a lot of people that have the same sort of drive and passion to do something great can all relate to that. Can you talk about, you know, just getting started with the blog and how you transitioned from that lowest point, you know, to, you know, to the point where you felt like, all right, now I'm contributing and you're starting to do something better? Um, yeah, well, the first thing I had to do once I started to make that transition was to really basically stop doing what I had been doing up to that point because I realized, and again, I read this maybe in a book or online somewhere, it was like, um, you know, whatever I had been doing up to that point, if I didn't want those same results, I had to stop doing it because if I kept doing it, the next 10 years would be exactly the same. So I sort of started from from scratch. You know, I, I looked at the results I was getting. I looked at what I was doing, and I was like, okay, I need to stop doing that. So things I stopped doing were like watching the news, um, um, just uh, what I, uh, watching less TV, um, things like that. So I, I just really changed um, the mindset I had to. Um, I started to surround myself with more positive influences, uh, podcasts, blogs, you know, from people who were doing who were doing the same thing I wanted to be doing and a lot less negativity like stuff on the news, just random TV stuff. Um, so that really helped me sort of make that shift into starting, you know, get busy living and, and being more passionate about this new chapter in my life. Gotcha. And these are all really good tips for someone that feels stuck, they feel unhappy. I know I've read a number of sources. One easy way is, yeah, to stop watching the news because... Mm-hmm. The news is 90% negative and you are the average of the things you surround yourself with. So exactly, that is a yeah. point. Yeah, the news is so bad. Like, I mean, I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll accidentally watch the news, like the 11 o'clock news here. Because, you know, I'll watch a program and it ends at 10.59 and then the next thing is the news. And then, like, the first topic in the news is, like, murder in Jacksonville or a kidnapping case. Or it's, it's just really bad and if you just – consume yourself with the news every single day, you're going to be worried. You're going to be scared. You're, you're not going to want to do anything because the news is telling you, hey, this, the, the world is a horrible place. 
Um, people aren't making money on you know anywhere. The economy, the economy is doing bad. So I don't know. I got rid of it and I felt a lot better. Gotcha. And do you? A lot of people may argue, and I just think it's because they haven't tried it. That while if you don't watch the news, you're not going to be informed. Do you feel that you're less informed because you don't watch the news? Um, I, you know, I, I do. Um, I don't feel I'm, I'm less informed. I just focus on what I need to know. I mean, there's some things in the news going on that I personally don't really need to know about. Um, it doesn't concern me. Um, I, you know, if I just learn more about it, it's just going to probably bother me. And it's just going to consume my mind, too. So I do read um, the USA Today every day. I mean, I've been doing it since, I don't know, 10, for like 10 years. So it's a, it's a habit I enjoy. So I do consume news. But if I come across something that maybe is ne- really negative or really doesn't concern me, I just skip it, you know, because, you know, it also happens too. like when we go out, we're bombarded with news. You know, maybe we hear it from a friend we see it on Facebook. So it's hard to completely block it out. But we what we can do is we can control what we want to take in. And, you know, if we don't want to, to to listen to it or believe it, we don't have to. I mean, we have that choice. So I, I do make sure to be more conscious of what I allow myself to um, you know, really take in because, you know, again, we're bombarded with news every day, but we can control if we want to, um, keep it inside or just let it go. Yeah. That is very good point. Have self-control and yeah. be okay with just letting things go. Okay. So moving on, you mentioned that you weren't necessarily a good writer and this was a new topic for you. Can you talk about your process by which you got your initial content for your blog posts, especially if someone is looking to maybe start a blog on something they're passionate about that they're not necessarily as knowledgeable about. Yeah, it it, can, it just comes from reading. It came from you know reading these personal development books, and it wasn't it it wasn't like copy what they're saying word for word. It's just taking their ideas, their message, and sort of using my own voice in in conveying that to my audience. Because you know if the if my audience wanted to. Um, listen to whatever this guru was saying, they would just go directly to them. But I feel like they come to my blog and other blogs because of the writer, because of the person behind it. You know, they have a certain way to, to convey a message or to uh, teach something to people. So um, that's, that's where I got ideas from, was from reading um, a lot. And once I got more into blogging, I started to share a little bit more about my journey, my experience and I wanted to share the uh, the goods, you know, and and the bad with with my audience. So that's where a lot of the ideas have come from um, when writing on my blog. Cool, sounds great. And so, just fast forwarding a bit more, uh, you started a blog, mm-hmm. and you were probably still working. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, so you're doing dual dual things. What was that like? And at what point, or how did you design your path so that you knew? when you were ready to either pull things back? Um, yeah, I was, I was definitely you know, working full-time still, um, and I was doing the blog on the side and also developing my, developing my app because I was, I was, when I started my blog was the same time I started working on my app. So it, it wasn't um, – what I had to do really, again, was to cut out distractions, cut out things that were wasting my time. So 
Um, before, when I would come home from work, and I worked at the restaurant, so I would get home like 11 p.m. at night, late. I would come home and turn on the TV, turn on the computer, and just sort of waste my time until I was ready to go to bed. But when, now, at that time, I, I had to turn off, keep the TV off. And then when I got on the computer, I was making sure I was doing something related to blogging or, or, or writing or, or researching, something like that. And on my days off, too, you know, I had to make sure my TV wasn't on because before the TV would be on, I would be channel surfing you know, or, or just having it as that background distraction. But again, on my days off, I kept it off. Um, and so that way I could focus on what I needed to do. So it was just really just prioritizing my free time. Because you know, I did have days off, and when I had days off, I had to make sure I was doing it, doing something um, that was beneficial to me, and that was blogging and um, and uh, working on my app. Perfect. And so, wow, you're juggling three things. Can you talk about how you were able to prioritize your schedule? Um, yeah, it's it's. Um, I started, you know, I had to be more conscious of like what I was doing. Um, every day, and especially in the mornings, um, before you know this 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 new chapter in my life, my mornings were a mess. I mean, they were just wake up, check Facebook, right, eat breakfast, you know, go through Facebook. And, you know, I have an <laughs> iPad, so I mean, I'm like just browsing stuff, and it's not productive. Like within an hour, I'm still you know just on the, my iPad. Um, I go upstairs, get on the computer, like I said. Browse the internet. Next thing I know, it's lunchtime. Oh, okay, it's lunchtime. So my mornings before were completely unproductive. I mean, I got nothing done. But um, again, I, I had to stop doing the same old thing in order to get different results. So I started to build sort of a morning routine um, and, and to get me started in the day. It was more like, um, you know, it was like not checking Facebook first thing in the morning, not checking emails, uh, reading a book maybe for 30 minutes, uh, maybe listening to some sort of uh, audio on YouTube or video on YouTube, like sort of, sort of a motivational message or something, just something to get me into a better mood uh, in the morning. And um, sometimes in the morning back then I would, I would do some writing um, for my blog because that was um, I needed to get that done. So I sort of built that into a morning ritual. And once I started this ritual, and I, I definitely can't forget, I was exercising too. I was, exercise was a huge part of my morning ritual. And um, that helped me tremendously in, in so many different areas of my life. So yeah, just building that ritual, a morning ritual especially, got me better set for the rest of the day. That's awesome. And yeah, I agree. I was very similar. You know, <laughs> Check, check Facebook, uh, read articles, mm -hmm. and then before you know it, it's like this loop. <laughs> and yeah. before you know it, yeah, hours have passed and you're like, what is happening? And you're mm -hmm. right. We can't get more time. It's just how do we best use the time that we have? Right. I definitely agree prioritizing the things that are important. And a lot of people, I think they need to take in inventory of what they do because they may be tricking themselves to say, oh, I need to read this. But mm -hmm. as you mentioned before, if it's not contributing to your bigger picture, then it's actually hurting. So glad to see that prioritize, have a morning ritual that is of things that are going to help you. Right. So going on to your app, you, I, I'm very just fascinated how you're just driven and you're just able to, you know what you want and you go get it regardless. Because a lot of people, I feel like they make excuses for why they can't do things. And you develop an app and you're not even an app designer. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I don't know how to program even 
you know, three years after having my first app release, I still don't know how to code at all. Um, the, the reason I am able to have apps is because I outsource the work. And, um, you know, I wouldn't have been able to, I wouldn't have even begun that process had I not come across um, some Pat Flynn over at yes. Smart Passive Income. We mentioned him a couple of times. I stumbled upon his blog um, and one night, one day, and I, I really just resonated with his story and his content was amazing. So I started listening to his podcast. And he mentioned in one of the episodes that he had this iPhone app business and um, how he was a partner with a buddy and how he was making thousands of dollars a month. And I had an iPhone app idea already, um, but when I came up with the idea before, I thought, well, maybe I need to learn how to code. Uh, so I went online, tried to find some tutorials, find some courses. I went to the bookstore, tried to read those you know, dummies, dummy guides to you know, how to start coding. And it was really confusing. To, it was like learning a completely new language. And I thought, I don't have the patience or the time to, to do this. I, don't, I can't wait two or three years studying this, learning this in order to build an app. I don't have that time. So I put the idea aside until I came across Pat's blog and how he outsourced the work. And I didn't realize I could outsource app development. I had no idea. And wh what really helped me move forward was the mindset of, wow, Pat did this and he's a regular guy, so I think I can do this as well. I mean, I could go and hire a team too and have them build it for me. And, and that's what I did. I mean, that's why I took the risk. That's why I, I made that leap was because I saw someone else doing it and they seemed like they didn't have any special knowledge or skill. They didn't know how to code, but they were able to outsource it and have other people build it for them. That's great. And in regards to your app, talk a little bit about what your first app was and how you came to the idea of that's the app that you wanted to build. The, um, the first app was Photo 365. And the idea with the app is you take a photo a day and you save a photo. And then you have this uh, screen, which is a calendar. And then on your calendar, you have a snapshot. You have like one picture saved per day on your calendar. So you get a really great visual idea of how your months, you know, your previous months have gone. And I got the idea from using an app that was similar. I, I love my iPhone. I've had the iPhone since you know, the very first generation. And I've always enjoyed taking pictures with, with my iPhone. And I, I downloaded this app that did the same thing. And it was a good app. I enjoyed it. But I could tell that the guy who built the app was a really smart programmer, but he knew nothing about design because it was really basic. You, know, you can tell he didn't really spend much time with design. And I thought, well, you know, with all these apps that are out these days, you know, and Apple has this sort of standard, I thought this app could be improved just based on design. It could just look a lot better. And I went into the App Store to see how well this app was doing. And I saw there were a lot of reviews. So I could tell, okay, this, is ha this app has demand. And there weren't really many competitors in this space at that time. And so, again, I put this idea aside until I came across Pat's blog and then decided, well, I could outsource this. And so when I outsourced it, I made sure I hired a company who really did great design work because I wanted the app to look like an Apple-type quality app. And so that's how I got the idea for Photo 365. Wow. And that's really good knowledge. So just to recap, let me see if I can summarize this. You had an idea, mm -hmm. and you knew at the time, based on your skill sets, it wasn't something that you wanted to pursue. So you, you logged it. And I, I just love that, that you just log these ideas because when the time is right, you can just pull it out. And I feel a lot of people don't do that. 
So that's mm-hmm. one. Love that. Two, you didn't reinvent the wheel. Right. You found something that you thought was very helpful. You know, you use that app and you went to go find out, is there a lot of competition? And you found there was a demand for that. I feel mm-hmm. a lot of times people think they have this great idea and they don't do the research. And that's probably why a lot of ideas fail. Right. Uh, and three, you went and you found resources. You got help with it. And through you know Pat Flynn and you saw that he did it and then you went and outsourced it. Again, I feel a lot of people feel like they have to control everything. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not a uh, programmer, designer. At one point, I thought I could code websites. And now I'm of the mindset that, hey, I have this great idea and I want to get it out in the world. It will take me probably 3x the time to figure out myself than mm-hmm. to invest and have someone else that has that skill to do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially this day we live in, there's there's so many things that we can outsource. I mean, are you going to spend... Uh, three hours trying to figure out how to do one little thing on your website, or are you going to hire someone and pay them five or ten dollars to do it for you know, for you? So you have to realize you have to under, you have to think. You know, is my how valuable is my time? Do I want to spend two or three hours or, or days or weeks on this, or do I just want to outsource it and hire someone else? And you know, I wouldn't have been able to do my app, do a blog, and work if I hadn't outsourced my app. You know, by outsourcing my app, yes, it costs money, but also, it freed up my time. You know, I was able to keep blogging and, and working on that and having a full-time job that paid the bills while this app was being developed because they were doing it for me. I mean, yes, I had to give feedback. I had to test it out. But they were doing a lot of the work. So that freed up my time tremendously. Cool. And regards to the app and the app development, how did you know where to look? Did you have any guidance on you know finding the right developer or just going through the whole app process because I, from what I understand, it is a, you know, a process of submitting it to the app store and all these other things. Did you have any guidance from anyone to help you with that? When I, when I first started, I had no idea how to do anything. You know, I didn't know how to outsource. I didn't know how to get my app ready to present it to potential candidates. So Pat at the time was promoting this uh, ebook by this guy who was really successful with apps. So I bought that. It was like 20 bucks. And so I, I went through that, uh, that ebook because it gave me a, a general knowledge of what to do. Um, it's, it was really basic, but at least it was better than what I knew at the time, which was nothing. So that got me started. But once I was going along through the process, it, it got a little bit more complicated. There were some bumps in the road, some parts I didn't understand. So I joined um, like a, an online forum with other um, app developers, and I was able to, you know, ask questions or, or um, you know, read about their experiences or and, and things like that. So, and Google was a huge, um, huge friend too. Like, I would if I had a problem, I would Google it, or I would search it for it on YouTube. So, um, you know, th- that sort of helped me uh, with the process. Great, and I love another thing I forgot to mention earlier that you have an abundance mindset. I feel a lot of times people have this mindset where, oh, someone already has that app out there. You know mm-hmm. what? Uh, forget it. I'm not going to do it. And again, it's ex- excuses. But they're just like with your blog, you're right. Yeah. There are people that are giving similar advice, but they come to you for your flavor, for your style. And right. you took something that was very helpful. You put your spin on it, your look. And yeah, and, and you have this app out there and you 
enlist the help of resources. Again, not trying to be the person that knows everything. And yeah, then you got this app developed. So when you developed this app, was it successful right off the bat? Did it take time? Uh, can you talk about the that process? It, I, I got lucky, I would have to say. I'll be the first to say. And um, when my app came out, I wasn't, I wasn't sure what to expect. I was hoping... I would make like $50 a day. Like I would be happy because that would just be passive income. But I also thought if I don't make a single penny for my app, I'm going to be pretty happy because I was able to actually complete something. I mean, that was something that was completely missing from my life was setting out a goal, doing it, and finishing it. I mean, you know, there were so many times I would start projects, start goals, and then stop like halfway. So I had all these unfinished goals, but I actually finished this. So I was really happy with it. And yeah, once, it, once I released it, um, you know, the first weekend sales were pretty good. I think I made like a hundred dollars a day at the point. You know, and um, I didn't get featured. I didn't get reviewed too many times. I think I had like one review on a on an app review site. But I noticed the the week after it was out, Apple had featured it on their front page under new and noteworthy. And um, not only was it featured, it was featured like in the second spot. So that meant it was above the fold. So once you open the app store, the front page, there you could see my app under new and noteworthy. And, and that was huge because my app really took off from there. I mean, was a, a lot of people were downloading it, trying it out. It was 99 cents at the time. So it wasn't a huge risk to try it out. Oh, and that's then, great. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I was making, uh, I was making over $500 a day from it. I was like, this is unbelievable. I already made my money back in about a week, week and a half. I spent uh, $1,900 on the app and I already made it back in a week, week and a half. And then the second week I was um, featured by Apple as app of the week. So it, uh, it was you know, on the front page, on their main page in this huge you know, uh, banner and stuff. And that really made it take off even more. I was doing over like $1,000 a day. And it was just a huge compliment to be featured by Apple and, and Apple saying, yes, we love this app. This is what we want to feature this week. So um, it, was, it was amazing. And I was very fortunate to, to have Apple recognize that this is a really cool app and this is one, an app that we want to let all our users know about. So yeah, the very first month I earned about $30,000 from the app alone. Um, so it was it was quite amazing, and it, it really turned my life around. It gave me a lot of confidence moving forward. That's great. And one thing to note about this is, yes, results will vary. Um, you know, you yeah. mentioned that you got lucky. You just happened to be at the right place at the right time. However, I think the thing that we need to remember is you took that step. You kept going. Yeah. You took the risk. If you wouldn't have even done that, <laughs> nothing would happen. So if anyone's right. listening... I, I think having the right mindset, it's it's great that, yes, we want to make money off of this because it keeps us going, it keeps us employed, but you need to celebrate the other ones, the fact that you complete, completed something that was aligned with what you wanted to do in life. And yeah, you were rewarded you know, for your efforts, but if you wouldn't have, it's still a win. Right, exactly. And and you know you make a good point too cuz you know maybe sometimes things happen for a reason i think cuz that app when i hired the company in january they told me it would take a month and a half to finish and so that would be like what february middle of february uh, march but it wasn't until it wasn't until august so about 8 months from the time i hired them to the time it was finished now if i had the mindset where i was upset and i hey i can't believe it's taking so long you know i want my money back i could have been like that you know, but instead, I took the approach like, okay, this is my very first app. I don't want them to screw it up. I don't want them. I don't want to piss them off. 
because they have my money. So I want to, you know, that's fine. If it's going to take time, it's going to take time. And it ended up taking, again, eight months, and it worked out. I mean, if my app came out earlier and it was rushed, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been featured. You know, but instead, I let the process go. I let things happen as they as they came along, and um, it turned out to be you know for the best. Great. And so let's fast forward a bit more. Okay. At, at what point did you just say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do full time? I'm a blogger. I'm I have an app that is doing very well. Um, it took a, actually it took a while because um, even though my app made thirty thousand the first month, I I knew that it wasn't going to keep that level of income every single month. I knew it because I was featured and that's why I was doing so well. So I sort of waited to see where it would sort of level off. And once it you know, wasn't featured because was, I was only featured for a week, once I wasn't featured, it sort of you know, started going down a little bit. I was trying to see like, where it would stop and where, it's, where it would plateau. So I didn't quit my job yet. And the, the goal was to make sure my app was bringing in a consistent amount of money to um, cover you know my mortgage, the bills I had, living expenses, and also be able to reinvest into other apps. So I kind of waited for that moment. This was at the end of 2011. So now it was 2012, and I'm still waiting for that income, online income, to match what I was making in my job. And it, it wasn't coming. I was like, man, this is kind of frustrating, you know. So I kept working because work paid the bills. It gave me that security. And so whatever I was making from the app, I was just putting back into the app and building new apps. I was like, well, I'll build new apps, try to increase my monthly income. And um, 2012, I came out with a second app, Gratitude Journal 365, and I was really excited by it. But it wasn't a huge success. It, it didn't really do what I expected, and I was pretty bummed out by it. So um, that came out, and then 2013 rolled around, and I was still working at this job I hated. I mean, it was... Uh, I, I, you know, I had this app business. Um, I had this blog, but at the same time, I was still doing something that I didn't want to do, which was working at the restaurant. So I finally took the leap. It was uh, January. It was 2013. I finally decided I've had enough of working at the restaurant. I'm, uh, you know, if I quit working at the restaurant, then I can spend more time on my online businesses and, and really grow that there. So. In 2013, I just made the decision to quit my job before I was even financially ready because my apps weren't making enough money for my wife and I to live off of and to you know, have the business keep going. So I quit my job and sort of took a leap of faith. And, so, um, and, and luckily, you know, a year and a half later, um, I'm happy to say that I, I, I've, I've made it. You know, I, I have my own online business. It's profitable. And I'm making more money now than I was when I was working at my job. So quitting my job... Finally, was the best decision ever. Um, I kind of wish I did it earlier, but I was scared. But I finally had enough, and I and I quit um, in 2013. Perfect. And the last thing I want to dig into before we take a quick break is you took that leap of faith. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you, you you were probably scared. I can only imagine what you were thinking. You had the steady income, you know, yeah. you were stable, but you had this passion, and you knew that if you could only dedicate more time to this, it would flourish. So. Once you quit your job, can you just talk about uh, the mindset and the things that you were doing that pushed you forward? Because I don't want people to think, oh, I just need to quit my job because a lot of people do that and then they fail because they don't have the right game plan. Can you talk about your game plan? My game plan was um, when I quit my job, I, I didn't give myself an out. You know, Because a lot of people would probably quit their job and say, okay, I'm going to try it for six months. If, I don't, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to go back to my old job. 
And, and maybe some people are okay with that because their old job is okay. But I didn't. I did not want to go back to my old job. I mean, I. So my mindset was this is going to work or or else. I mean, this is. I had no other option. I mean, this. Was, I was going to make this work. I was not going to go back to my old job. That was not an option at all. So my back was against the wall, and I had to really keep that in mind because now I was working for myself. I had so much more free time, and it would have been easy to just waste that time watching TV or sit on my couch, crawl up in the ball, just worried, like, what am I going to do? Oh, my gosh, you know, when am I going to start making money? I could have been easily doing that, but I had to make sure I was putting in the time um, and focusing mainly on things that were going to make me money. So um, the thing that was going to make me money was with apps. So I put in, I would say, probably 80% of my free time was focused on making apps. And this time I was making games now. I was going away from these sort of photo apps, these journal apps. I was making little fun games. And so I was putting all my time, most of my free time, into that. And by... Spending that much time, like maybe 80% of my free time into that, I was able to, by the end of the year, be successful and, and making money from doing this and, and really breathing a sigh of relief. That's, that's awesome and really good to hear. You got to, yeah, you can't give yourself choices. You have to focus. Too many people, they get scared and they say, oh, well, I have this. Yeah. No, you got you to gotta focus. And to touch on something you mentioned in, in the beginning, I only assume that once you quit your job, you couldn't keep doing things the same that you were because your income was different. So briefly, what did you do different uh, as far as finances and just lifestyle just to make sure that you can still make ends meet? Yeah, it, my wife and I really had to change our lifestyle. We, um, we, you know, we love to travel. That's something that we, we absolutely love to do. We try to do as much of. But in 2013, we, di- we didn't travel at all. I mean, I think I went to one. We traveled once. I traveled once. I went to Portland for World Domination Summit. And um, that was it. I mean, other than that, we didn't go anywhere else. And that, that was something that we had to do because we just couldn't spend money on, on, on vacations. We had to really be aware. So uh, one thing I did was I stopped ordering stuff on Amazon. You know, I love Amazon. It's easy to buy stuff on Amazon. I had to really be sure, am I ordering this just because I, I, I like it, I want it, or do I really need it? Um, and we ate out a lot. We ate out a lot less because you know that was another huge expense. So we had to really see where we were spending our money and where could, we could really cut back. Because when I quit my job, um, I was just living off savings at the time. You know, I was just whatever we had in our bank account. So um, we had to really make a, a conscious decision to cut spending, and that way we could see we could have our money um, last a little bit longer until the business was profitable enough to live off of. That's great. And now you're doing t-shirts and yeah. selling them. Um, and we're going to include all these links in the show notes because I know that the the audience definitely are going to get a kick out of this and, and want to check it out. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to jump into the lightning round. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, Breakthrough Cocktailers. Let's face it. Staying competitive in this fast-paced world requires you to always be learning. However, taking in-person classes can be time-consuming and costly. Lucky for you, there's Udemy. Udemy is an online education marketplace that has thousands of courses from world-class educators. They have classes that will teach you how to program a WordPress site to classes on improving your happiness. Classes are very inexpensive, and more importantly, you can do them on your own time. If you're interested in learning more, go to BreakthroughCocktail.com Udemy. 
that's U-D-E-M-Y, to see a few of our favorite classes. All right, and we are back with Benny Sue from GetBusyLivingBlog.com, and we are jumping into the lightning round. Benny, are you ready? I am ready. Let's go. Cool. First question is, what techniques do you use to stay in the know with the things that you write about? Um, what techniques? I, I definitely am. I'm, I'm reading a lot more in the, these days. Uh, I listen to podcasts, and I, I make sure uh, I, you know I go on. The, I read other people's blogs too because I, I love learning from other people. And again, you know, listening, reading their own voice and their own spin on things. So those are ways I, I keep up with things. Great. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> I wanted I wanted to be like a professional basketball player, but because you know I love playing basketball when I was a kid, and I, I I so badly wanted to dunk, and so I remember I bought this book on how to jump higher so I could I could dunk, but uh, I could never dunk. I mean I I'm not tall enough, and so um, that that dream was definitely something I did not pursue because I realized basketball is definitely not for me. Gotcha. Do you have any hobbies or things that you'd like to do for fun? Yeah, um, traveling. I mentioned that earlier. Um, my wife and I love to travel. We've, we've been making a goal to go somewhere every month this year. So we've been trying to stick with that. Because like I said before, I mean, last year we couldn't really travel as much. So we're sort of making up for that this year. So yeah, we love to travel when we can. Perfect. Where was the last place you traveled? We went to Chicago. We were just there a couple weeks ago for um, like three nights. Um, it was wonderful. We had a good time, ate a lot of food, and uh, had some really great weather up there. Cool. And I love how you just go for like a little mini trip and you, yeah, we, you don't have to yeah. go for a long time. No, we don't. And um, I don't have to ask the boss for time off and it's, it's nice. Yeah. How do you stay organized? Um, I stay organized. I'm not the best at that. I'll be honest. On my computer, you just, desktop is so sloppy and messy. <laughs> There's so many files everywhere. So I, um, I do my best to try. I mean, like, it's weird. Like, even though it looks messy, I know where things are. I think a yeah. lot of people can relate to that. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not really the most organized person. I just know where I put things and, and know where to get them if I need to. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same way. I, I think it would be interesting to see what people's computer desktops look like because yeah. mine, yeah, there's stuff everywhere, but you're right. I know exactly where everything is. And yep. it is to one person, it may look like a disaster, but it's mm -hmm. organized for me. Exactly. So it's Friday night. It's 7.30. What are you doing? Friday night, 7.30. Um, I'm, you know, to be honest, I'm a really boring person. Like, I don't, you know, I don't go out much. I don't go to bars. I never have been, really. So my wife and I usually are home on a Friday nights. Uh, 7.30, we may have dinner or we're watching something on TV. If not, I'm on the computer, um, you know, working on my T-shirt business or something. So it's, I don't mind because I enjoy it. Sweet. So, I mean, we're usually we're at home on the 7.30 on Friday nights. Yeah, not a problem yeah. with that. I totally agree. As long as you're doing something that you enjoy, then yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. Are there any books that you would recommend to our listeners? Yeah, there's um, a really great book that I read, recommend. It was one I read um, when I started this transformation. Was uh, It's called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And um, it's a really great book. It's not a really long book, so you can finish it in probably a week. But there's so many principles of success that he talks about in that book that really made me say, wow, you know, he's, he's so right. And once I started to apply it into my life and really understand it, it made huge, um, huge changes in my life. So The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy is a really great one. Perfect. Two more questions. First one is, 
Is there a quote or affirmation that you like to live your life by? Um, yeah, there's a quote I really like. I don't know where I came across it the first time, but I, I have it printed out and it's actually on my wall because um, it, it really stuck with me. And it's, it's by Joseph Campbell. And I'm reading it so I don't screw it up. It says, um, quote, I don't believe people are looking for the meaning of life as much as they are looking for the experience of being alive. So I love that quote because it reminded me that I don't need to search for like the one thing that I want to do, like the meaning. Because for so long, I was looking for that thing and it was so elusive. I couldn't figure it out. So instead, I focused on just doing something that made me excited so I would feel more alive. And that's why, again, I started the blog. I felt this was something that would excite me. That's why I started with an iPhone app. That's why I've been podcasting and, and doing this T-shirt business. It's not the meaning of life for me. It's not the, pat, you know, the one thing I'll be doing forever. But I'm excited with it now. And that makes me feel happier and definitely makes me feel more alive. That is so true. You're right. So many people are on this search for this one thing and they're potentially missing all the other great things yeah. that they're doing, you know, that they could be doing that is making them happy. Last question is, if you can give our listeners just one tip, one thing that they can do right now that will help them get more clarity and help them find their passion, what would that be? Um, I, say, I would say if there's one thing that – if there's something that they want to start or learn about, I would say sign up for that course or, or buy the ebook or you know, there's, if there's something that you want to do, most likely there's someone who's already done it and who has packaged it in, in a way to give you the shortcuts. You, know, you don't have to make the same mistakes as them. So sign up for that course or you know, whatever it is that's going to get you started on, on this path. So like with t-shirt business, you know, when I started it, I didn't know how to do it. So I bought, again, a digital product, a course on how to get started. And that sort of has taken me into um, you know, a full-time business. So, and the same thing with apps. When I started with apps, I didn't know how to do it. So I bought uh, an ebook on how just to get started. So I would say take that first step. Buy a product, a course, whatever is going to help you start with the basics so you can get started. Perfect. All right. Well, Benny, thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. And to all the audience out there, that's been another episode of Breakthrough Cocktail. You can find all of the books and things that we recommended in the show notes. Highly recommend you check it out. We'll have links to Benny's site, his apps, his store. And if you like what you heard, please consider giving us a rating, a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Helps us keep going and get feedback. Till next time, stay awesome, guys. You've been listening to Breakthrough Cocktail. If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit www.breakthroughcocktail.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for the Insider Newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get instant access to exclusive content and frequent doses of happiness. See you there. Until then, stay awesome.